Hello, Nuggets. Welcome to Sports, the podcast that ends with a question mark, but it takes a really long time to ask a question. I'm Katie Nolan, and it's Thursday, which means I'm joined by a guest, and it means that they're probably my friend, and I'd love <laughs> to call this one my friend. Today, my guest, L. Duncan. Yay, Katie. What's I up? hope that we can say that we're friends because in my mind, you are my best friend in the world. Oh my God. You. Yeah, I know you're lying. Um, I feel like the best place to start in these is to explain the first time our paths crossed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for, for me, I mean, that was when I started at ESPN. We uh, were launching SportsCenter on Snapchat mm-hmm. and I went to uh, Boston to go to a Celtics game don't know why that's where we were, but we had yeah. like an event we where we had yeah. to like meet the people and promote the show. Yeah. Um, and schmooze. Yeah. And it's, those always feel so weird to me because you're like, this is work. Yeah. I'm here for work. Correct. But I'm just at a basketball game talking to people. And it's strange because I leave them and I'm like, did I do what I was supposed yeah. to do? <laughs> yeah. But- and I do too. I find myself wondering who you're supposed to schmooze, right? Yes. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I don't, like you grabbed a couple glasses. So I don't know if you actually work for the arena or yes. if you work for Snapchat. Or la- I'm still going to be nice. name tags are corny. Yeah. Saying they would be helpful in those situations where like, I'll talk to anybody. Yeah, I don't me too. see the difference. And yeah. so I've been yelled at before for like, you've been talking to the catering staff. Yeah. Whole event. And I'm like, I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know. I had no oh, idea. No. The apron wasn't a giveaway at all. I didn't know. Yeah, what? Some people, that's fashion, and I don't understand fashion, so I just assumed they were ahead of a curve that I'm way far behind. A lot but of people they, carry trays at parties. Like, what? Yeah, I didn't oh, know. Pardon me for thinking someone was helping to do the dishes. <laughs> like, uh, pardon me for not starting the conversation with what's your name and who you work for. I yeah. find that strange. Yes. Yeah, I talked and about very the weather like I always do. Yeah. But anyway, so we went to this event, and my main takeaway from this was this wonderful woman, Elle Duncan, that I met, who I now realize, I'm like, I definitely knew of you because you worked for Nesson, mm-hmm. but I didn't, it didn't connect for me, and you were this, you were the nicest, do you get told a lot, told a lot that you make a great first impression? <laughs> because you, I walked away from that, and I was like, that woman is uh, is incredible. And then the more I learned about you, I was like, well, damn, she just is. I was always hoping to find like the, that's what sucks about her, but I haven't found it yet. Maybe we'll find it today, but I haven't found it yet. Yeah. Don't do that. I actually, it's funny because the same thing, like I obviously knew you very well coming from Boston, being in sports. I knew what you were doing at Fox sports and not to mention, as you know, you got a real diehard fan base in Boston and all they ever did was talk about Katie Nolan and like I would pitch these ideas at Nesson and I had a producer who was like your biggest fan and every time I would pitch something he would be like he would be like yeah like Katie Katie did that oh, Katie, did that. That. Katie did that Katie did that a few uh, a few weeks ago uh, oh, uh sort of that. like how Katie would do and and oh. I got to this point where I was like okay I like Katie Nolan but oh my god like you're making it to where it feels like that's the only place, the only yeah. lane, right? For there's like one Katie Nolan and no one else can ever do anything that she does. And so right. I started feeling very like, like a little insecure because then I started really watching you and I was like, are we allowed to cuss? Yeah. I mean, okay. Okay, cool. I was like, oh, she is really good. <laughs> I was like, she's really good. And she's really good at the things that I like doing. And I thought Katie, that you said something that resonated at the women's conference a while ago, where you sort of talked about that and you hit the nail on the head and that it, you really do have to learn to say to yourself that Katie can be great 
and have great comedic timing and be so good at sketches and just have this like uh, like incredibly entertaining way about her and it doesn't take anything away from like you because you like doing that too and everyone can do that and everyone does it differently anyway and it's okay so when I went to meet you I was like okay this girl has been built up so much and like she's she's Katie Nolan and like she's coming in and everyone was so excited about you on Snapchat and it was Katie 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 and I wanted you to like be the worst or something. <laughs> I did. I kind of really wanted you to be terrible so that I could be like, well, she may be talented, but she sucks as a person. Yeah. And you were not. You were, you were exactly who you seem to be um, on TV. And that to me is is the the best thing to look for, I think, when you're talking about people who you respect their talent. Uh, someone that 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 it translates. Like you can imagine them doing their show and being the same person off air. And I saw that in you immediately. You were talking to everyone and you were so, um, you you disarmed everyone because everyone was very excited that you were there. Um, ESPN wanted to impress you. You had just signed on with us. Oh, this is so funny. It's a different yeah. perspective than mine. It's really fascinating. Two things so far have been the most yeah. fascinating. One, starting with you, I guess this would be a third thing, separately. You coming into that after having heard my name in that context at work for that long and being as nice as you were to me is a huge testament to you and you deserve a lot of credit for that. The fact that people have been taking things that you say and being like, oh, like Katie Nolan did, that's the kind of stuff Katie Nolan does. That kind of way of hearing my name over and over, I would resent me. And so like <laughs> you being as awesome as you were, you deserve 100% credit for that. But those two things, so the, the producers, you saying I have a lot of fans in Boston, my first reaction was like, my family. But I've never felt this like welcoming from Boston. Or then when you said that it was net, like at work professionally, it's fascinating to me because once you are on the path, no, I wasn't ever getting that from people. I wasn't getting, I wasn't hearing that really? like, people were interested. It, it was like, I mean, obviously I went from Fox to ESPN, which is like, I'm very grateful for. Those are two big networks. But other than that, you, it's like once you, I guess, get to the level of a national sports, I never heard from anybody about them liking the stuff I do. And so to hear that women were being, I was being mentioned to women that were in the business. I'm like, that is crazy to me. Yeah. I didn't think anyone was paying attention to anything I was oh, doing. Oh, you were, you were so resonating. And that's why, I mean, you know, I think, you know, you know, we've talked about this before, like you, as, as much as we hate and run away from these terms, like your brand, because it feels really gross and feels very like Instagram influency, yeah. right? Um, it's the truth. You had this brand of being like the kind of woman that women want to talk sports with and men want to talk sports with and um and you just have this charm and quality about you and i had heard about you so much but the point is katie that's crazy it's not about building like resentment right i i realized because yes your name was thrown in my face quite a bit but that's not your fault you were resonating with people and you were talented and i wanted those same things so i finally got past the idea of like trying to compete i think that's what what a lot of times women do because for so long we've only checked like a singular box so it's like yeah. okay well katie is the pretty funny one so you can't be that like what else mm. you got you know and then they've got this one and then they've got the, this one and so we seem to think that we can't enjoy sort of some of the same lanes and so you've been such a great lesson on that mina kimes has been a great lesson in that you know yeah. like the idea that you can love football and still not know it and love it like mina kimes yeah. and that's okay <laughs> 
you know, that's that's, exhausting. Oh my gosh. Being her and being so smart. I'm like, can she ever, like, she just knows, she knows everything about about everything. She's effortlessly funny on Twitter. And I'm like, go, go away, but out of love, but like, go away. And you etch a sketch. Like what, what, what's your deal? Seriously. What does she suck at? I don't know. Let's 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 go on a mission to find it. But no, I I been on honestly, Katie, I think I think you're great, and I'm really glad that we got an opportunity, especially to to work on Snapchat together because I think it was really significant that it was obviously you know sort of the first thing that you were doing because you had a lot going on at ESPN when you came in. But I thought it was cool that it was two women sort of anchoring. Oh my God, um, a huge right, a huge totally. like deal for them. And killing it, like killing it. And I would say, I would say genuinely. So, because from my perspective, the second thing I guess that's shocking to hear from you is that ESPN wanted was excited that I was there and wanted to impress me. Yeah. Because I, and this may be how I go into every situation, but I went in there being like, they're mad at me because I'm not like jumping over the moon about a Snapchat show because I just came from a place where I had a television show and I can't seem to get any answers about what's going to be in addition to what I'm going to do. And they were like, well, let's start with the Snapchat show. And I was like, I don't even know what to picture when you tell me that's what I'm doing. And I'm not going to feel comfortable and good until I start doing it or meeting the people who I'm working with. I met you and I was like, she's doing it. Okay, we can do this. Like, <laughs> oh, this will be okay. We can do this because, like, I don't know, you, you may have experienced this, but you meet a lot of people in this industry who are like, you have to meet such and such. She's like, they're just like you. And you're like, oh, cool. And then you meet them and you're like, what? We, what? Yeah, what person do you see? Don't see eye to eye on anything. And that doesn't mean like we have the same opinions or the same. It just means like this person is authentically this person. Yes. Because all I care about is somebody's authenticity. If yes. I can see somebody being authentic, then I know that I can communicate with them. Yep. Whenever you see people who just put their walls up all the time, you're like, well, I can't get, I can't. We may both be women who like sports, but we don't have a lot in common. Sure. And with you, I met you and I'm like, oh, this girl's, yeah, this will be great. Yeah, exactly. I want to be more than like colleagues. This is fine to be colleagues. And, um, but you know, I really wanted to like, I, I think it's a it's a great sorority of women. It's a small one, and we all obviously have a lot going on. But if you have like places that you can lean on, as corny as that sounds, with women in this industry, it's really good. And you've done a lot of really solid things for me that you probably don't realize, or some that you probably do uh, that have really helped. Just the kind words that you've said, and I think that's what's really cool about ESPN is no matter what happens from here on out with our careers or where we go or where we end up, like. Um, it brought together some really unique women who can sort of support each other, support each other from here on out. And I'm always going to be grateful for that. Oh my God, me too. I also feel like it's a, it's kind of a departure from the way that maybe it used to be in the past, which I don't know because I wasn't there. Um, But I do know that I have people that I look up to in this industry that I have had to sort of contextualize my relationship with them based on the fact that they came up in a different time when there was a lot more of the, we can only have one of these, which to be clear, they still do because somebody recently who does, um, a woman who does those like Snapchat funny videos, 
a press release went out calling her the next the the Katie Nolan for this generation or something like that. And I was like, which generation are you for? Or like the new Katie Nolan. And I was like, old ones still working. And um, also still young. Yeah, please, this hurts. Like I understand I'm not the newest, but I'm I'm still relatively new and still trying to get a job. So if you book a Katie Nolan type, why don't you make it Katie Nolan? Book but Katie like, Nolan. Yeah, like the original's available unless you don't actually like it. Um but like it <laughs> It's like I've had to, I think the industry has stopped doing that as much, which has led to and allowed women, and I think women were a part of why this happened, to lift each other up instead of yes. feel like they have to protect themselves from each other. But the, yeah. the, a couple generations before us, that wasn't the case. And so there are relationships I have that I'm like, I just have to accept certain things that are like, I would love that relationship to be closer, but I understand why they keep me at a distance. Because, sure. And I just use that to fuel me to be like, I don't want to do that to people that come up behind me because this exactly. feels so much better, I think. Yes, absolutely. And that felt. Yeah. Village. The village. Hopefully we get, it gets better. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. It's just me, Katie. But uh, today's podcast, I have to tell you, is brought to you by Simply Safe. Uh, which part of your house feels a little less secure than you might want? Maybe it's your first floor windows. Pretty cool your house has more than one floor. What's that like? Uh, maybe a French door. I think I have. Is that like a sliding glass door? Why is it French? Either way, you never have to worry about that now because of the security system from Simply Safe. Now there is no time, day or night where you'll have to worry because your house is always being guarded. Even if you already feel safe, don't think this doesn't include you. You feel super safe. Again, what does that feel like? <laughs> but it might not be true of everyone in your home. Just because you feel safe doesn't mean your cat feels safe. And doesn't your cat deserve to feel safe? If you've never had a conversation with them about that, a, could because your cat doesn't talk. That stinks. Uh, but B, it's a, a bad idea. It's not a bad idea to do. Talk to the people in your house. See if they're feeling safe. Because it feels really good to be able to push the home button on your Simply Safe keypad and hear the bass say, alarm on, and then know that if anybody did try to come in, the alarm's going to go off. I know that's confusing because the alarm is on and it goes off. But I think you understand. It, the alarm will go off and it'll be because it's on. The thing is, Simply Safe makes it so easy. It takes two minutes to customize the system on their website, which is simplysafe.com/nolan. That's the only website that works. If you don't put that slash nolan, you cannot get there. So pretty crazy, right? That they gave me that, but they did. And by the way, simply I should tell you is spelled with two eyes: s i m p l i safe.com/nolan. The system arrives in about seven days, and then it takes thirty minutes to set up. It is very, very easy. This is coming from someone who doesn't know how to set anything up. It's very easy. Go to simplysafe.com slash Nolan today to customize your system and get a free security camera. You will also get a 60-day risk-free trial. So there's nothing to lose. That's simplysafe.com slash Nolan. Okay, let's get back to this awesome interview with L. Duncan. How's, How's your year baby? been? Yeah, I know. I was <laughs> like, now we've reached the point where it's like, are you happy like, right up? now? I'm yeah. just, I'm... Ever since, I know they're probably unrelated and correlation does not equal causation, but ever since they got that boat out of the canal, I've been in a bad mood <laughs> and I don't know what's up. The pits but for I'm you? just like doom and gloom. It's like they released this like rush yeah. of like negativity into my life and everything just feels sad and bad today, but I'm not going to let that affect this interview unless everything feels sad and bad to you as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, it depends on the day, honestly. Like I, it's funny. My dad the other day was like, 
he was like, you know, you never post on Instagram anymore or anything on social media, really. Like, why is that? And I think the short answer, Katie, was like, I'm busy. I have a three-month-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. Which we will get to. Crazy, right? Um, but the truth is, like, I don't really feel like faking the funk right now. Like, I don't feel like perpetuating the stereotype that, like, all is right. Like, look at the great lighting. My makeup's done because yep. I do television. But, like, I'm going to pretend like these family portraits are great. And, like, yeah, me and my kids, all the time on a Wednesday afternoon, we're hanging out in our cashmere and knitted sh- matching (laughs) matching and make it like I don't feel like doing that and then conversely if you say oh my god some days I'm drowning then you sound like you don't have good perspective and it sort of feels like two percent problems and I know women right now who are struggling because they lost their babies like recently and or they so I'm having a really hard time right now with um with just feeling like like feeling like I'm worthy, you know, worthiness is I'm really struggling with right now. Like, why do I deserve all of these things, um, good and bad? (laughs) And so it's been, yeah, Yeah. it's, it's been a time. Yeah. I had that same, it's funny because I don't often use or think about that word much, but last night I, I was in this just like dark and sad place. And when I tried to put words to it, I was like, I just feel worthless right now. Mm -hmm. I just feel like I'm failing at failing. Like I'm not even doing the thing that's bad well. Like I'm, I'm like caught up in some sort of a wave. Again, not entirely unrelated to that boat, but I'm caught up (laughs) in this wave that I'm just like, I can't find which ways up. And that happens every now and then. And what I got to do is like, forgive myself for that. Let me feel whatever this feeling is. And hopefully I'll figure out what's driving it. But it's just like this year has been one thing after the next. And for some people, those are humongous things. Mm -hmm. And for other people, it's a ton of tiny little things that just leave you in this constant state of like, okay, what's next? Like as soon as you recover, you're like, what's coming down the road? And it just feels like it's been the slowest year because everything stopped and slowed down. But at the same time, the pace of the trauma has been like very fast. Yeah. Where it's just like every day you're getting hit with something new. And like, I don't know, some days like today, it's kind of quiet. And I think my body is like, get ready because it's coming. But you kind of have to look back and be like, whoa, I got through those ones. So the next ones I will get through as well. It's like a thing I just keep repeating to myself. Eventually I'm hoping to believe it. Yeah. Uh, but are I'm, you, are you naturally like an anxious person? Do you feel yeah. like, yeah, yes. Yeah. Very much too. so. Are yeah. you like a, uh, an overthinker too? Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. I learned recently that my ADD part of it is that I, I'm thinking every thought about everything I think I need to think. It's like, yeah. I can't focus. Yep because I'm thinking about all the things. Yeah. It's not so much that like something catches my attention and draw. It's the things that are catching my attention are in my brain. It's a constant, I'm interrupting myself over and over in my head with more thoughts. Yeah. So it's like, how do you pick which ones to focus on? And then like, I end up just kind of looking at all of them at once and nothing gets accomplished. I need to like Correct. organize the space of my head, which is very difficult to do it becomes like really overwhelming, right? Because you do think all the things and it's like, you know, I, my husband used to get so annoyed when we first started dating and spending the night together. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, why do you wear, like, why do you keep the, the TV on at night when you sleep? Like, I and I, yeah, I'm like, that is honestly the only white noise is the only thing that shuts my brain down because if it's silent, 
then I will lay awake and think of every thought in the world. And then I'll start thinking about why I didn't think of it before. And what does that say about me? And I'm not empathetic. And then I just spiral. And it's like, and should I, should I get up right now and do that and thing do that I forgot to do? Yes. Like, cause I'm not going to do it tomorrow. I'm going right. to say I'm going to do it tomorrow, but then I'm going to forget because it's going to get lost. So I should get up and write that email right now. And then you're like, it's two in the morning. I don't need to write yeah. an email right now, but yeah. If you don't write it, I'm going to bully you about not writing it and yes. you fall asleep, which will probably yeah. be two hours. Yeah. It's exhausting. It feels like it's really exhausting being us sometimes. And I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if some of that is sort of, you know, wrapped up in like the, you're a creative. And so you're what the, the beauty about a mind that never stops is that you're always trying to think of interesting ways to present things. Mm. And that is really cool. And that's why you're so successful. And that's why you always have, I always admire, I think anybody can be funny and people people can work. Not anybody can be funny. That's not true, but you can like, you can, I you just can, saw your you brain find, think of somebody yeah, very I'm like, specific and yeah, I don't, I'm like, not going to ask who, yeah. but I say, be like, no, no, wait, that's not true. Yeah. I'm like, that's not, that's In case they not listen. I need them to know they're not funny. You're not funny. <laughs> Um, but you've always had a really great way of your angles on in a, like approaches to telling a story are really unique. And I think that's because you're so creative and you can't shut your brain down. And I wonder if that's sort of the cross there is to bear, right? Like there's always a cross to bear for everything that we do. And, you know, you get to be Katie Nolan for a living and that's amazing. And I get to be, well, some version of L. Duncan, because that's not even really my name. Um, Which I just found out yeah. and it rocked my yeah. world. I'm know, telling yeah. you. So I don't usually prepare for these in a way that's like, let me learn what her biography sure. was. I know that these people, most of the people I've interviewed, I would say all of the people I've interviewed are friends of mine. Yeah. I know their stories enough that I can have them fill in the blanks with the stuff that they want the world to know about their story. Yeah. But I checked yours to be like, let me make sure I know everything yeah. and I didn't miss something big. First thing I see, Lauren. And I was like, well, yeah. didn't know. Ah, Lauren. like an absolute jerk about it. Yeah, I know. I actually, I didn't tell my now husband on our first date that my real name was Lauren. So he still calls me like an imposter. He's like, I thought I was going on a date with Elle and it was That's Lauren so all funny. along. Um, I had like a little stalker situation. Oh, you know, shit. back in Atlanta. So I, I had to change my name that. up a bit. Yeah, don't I you hate, hate that, that that's the reason. I wanted you to just be like, ah, Lauren didn't feel right. I'm more of an yeah. L. Yeah. Damn. That's... I'm, more, I'm more of an L. Yeah. I Well, we thought about going with my middle name, Jade, but it felt like a different profession. Which is funny. So... You also do look like a Jade. Like, that makes perfect sense. So. Either one would have worked. It would have worked. Yeah, we just took the letter from from uh, L and Lauren, and, and bam, we came up with that. It was very creative, very innovative. I wish it was... I wish it was a cooler story than that. That's really, no, no. Yeah. I would say that story also just confirms um, what I've always kind of felt about you, which is that like I think you've been through some, sh and I think you don't, you aren't, um, you don't lead with that. Yeah. Uh, and you, uh, you, the strength that you show in certain situations is very indicative of it. Where you're like, oh, I can tell this girl. Like I can't remember specifically what it was, nor do I even want to rehash it. But there was something that happened on SportsCenter on Snapchat, I wanna say, that I just happened to notice. It was a random day. I, again, don't remember what it was about, but you were catching a ton of heat. And I was like, oh no, if this is somehow making it into my timeline, I'm gonna go check on her. Yeah. And you, your timeline was, it was, you were unbothered by oh, yeah. Completely, or at least yeah. appeared to be unbothered by it. Yes, we were like, completely. say whatever you want about me. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't care what you think. And I was like, damn, she's been through some shit.
because that oh, yeah. is uh so I'm curious to know not the shit you've been through if you don't want to talk about it but the, yeah like, I'm open to your, talk about it your approach to you know being a public person who says things on the record and then those things get published and the world reacts to them in sometimes incredibly inappropriate ways just like what your relationship is with the internet and all of that yeah I mean it's I, I like, I was used to be someone that very much cared what people thought about her. I was, um, I was just, I, I don't like when people don't like me and I don't like, um, when I can't make people at the very least like smile or react positively to me. Like I, again, I'm an overachiever in the way that I want everyone to like me too. And I want to make everybody feel comfortable. So I used to care quite a bit, but I actually started doing stuff in the public eye when I was 20. And that was a great lesson. You know, I was, a college dropout who was a little chunky and was, you know, doing hip hop radio in Atlanta, which was very popular at the time. And so, um, you know, I, I would get a lot of like flack or a lot of attention on my body. I was very big chested growing up. I was a triple D when I was Damn. in the seventh grade, oh, in the seventh grade. So there's always been a ton of attention on my body and what I have to say. I'm obviously People don't realize how life changing that is. Like oh, in your yeah. formative years to be getting that message so much is- Grown change your your trajectory in life absolutely it was it was like sort of really a constant struggle with my body you know body image being like really really important to me I was a black girl that grew up around nothing but white girls who were skinny in the sixth grade white girls were skinny and I was a cheerleader and so they were the skinniest and I you know I had a lot of struggles with um, identity and my body and you know I had hips and I had large boobs and so it really became sort of this source of of low self-esteem for me and it was quite a journey you know eating disorders and counseling and all of those things and so when I turned 18, I started getting a sort of a better handle on who I was. Um, I got a breast reduction because I knew that at the end of the day, it was just a breast reduction. And to most people, it was something quite you know simple, but it wasn't. It, to me, it was like a renewed leash on life because for the first time, I would be able to lead with who I was and not yeah. lead with my incredibly wow. large chest. And that is something you think about, you know, yeah. when you, you take off running, when you're hanging out with friends to go catch the Frisbee and like you have to hold your boobs down because if they bounce too much, like the dudes are going to be like, oh my God. I mean, I had enormous, I was on my way to a G when I had my reduction. Yeah. Um, and was five foot three and, you know, and all those things. So, um, so once I, once I took care of that, then I realized that I very much still had a complex about, you know, how people perceived me and wanting to feel like I belonged everywhere because in some sense, I never felt like I, like I belonged really anywhere. Um, so it was like, you know, I just want to exist and be comfortable. I want to be a chameleon and anywhere I go, I want to be able to blend in. And that just got really exhausting, honestly. And I got to a point, Katie, when I was probably like 24, 25 years old, where I was like, you know what? I have absolutely no idea if being me is going to lead ultimately to my dreams, but damn it, I will never question if I'm just me authentically me and I and I eat the <laughs> um if I can still look at myself at night, if my family still recognizes me at the end of the day, then I've done a good job and my family still recognizes me. Um and so I just got to a point where I was like strong women are always going to be, you know, put in their place. Um, and I'm not always right. And I'm certainly not perfect. You know, I've gone through a lot of stuff, which again, has given me a lot of perspective. So it doesn't matter what a social media says, a person says about me and whether I picked Cleveland to win or not, because like, 
I've been in the back of a police car thinking that all of my dreams were over. You know, I got busted. I got arrested for a DUI. Um, and I wasn't drunk. I wasn't, but I blew a 10th over and it doesn't really matter if you think you're not drunk or not. I drove after I had had a couple drinks and I knew that I did. So I had to eat that. You know, I had to, I was embarrassed in my hometown. My family was humiliated and I had to go on television in Atlanta, my hometown and apologize and mean it. And I did. And I had to hope that someone would give me grace. And I had to hope that someone would, would look past that. Um, and frankly, NFL Network did not. Like I, they found that out. They were interested in me. They found out about it. I was forthcoming about it. They were uninterested in pursuing anything um, further with me. Uh, but you know what? Nesson did give me a chance. And then because Nesson gave me a chance, then ESPN gave me a chance. So it just feels like in the grand scheme of things, I used to be motivated by the people who would on me, right? I would be motivated by the naysayers and the doubters, the people that laughed at me when I said that I'd one day get paid to be myself. And I really just decided to do a shift of focus and start focusing on the people that did believe in me because there were people who knew that I could work hard and get to this place, who supported me, who were there for me when I was at the depths of, of, you know, some of the worst personal and professional moments of my career. And I just started focusing on them. And again, they're the only ones that matter to me. I don't do anything to be cruel, but I'm petty and I am an entertainer. And that's, and so I say, what the hell is on my mind? And I can take it too. I can dish it and I can take it. So that's if true. you're going to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I can take it. So if you're gonna, if, if you're gonna be opinionated like me and say what's on your mind, you have to be prepared for, for, uh, for people to do it as well. None of it bothers me because in the grand scheme of things, it's so small and insignificant. Hi, it's me again, here to tell you about another sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Flame Bears. Flame Bears is a podcast championing the women seeking to compete in the 2021 Tokyo Summer Olympics and Paralympics. So if you skip this ad, I'm not saying you're sexist, but people will say it. It shares their incredible, often unheard stories as they light the way for women around the world, celebrate women athletes who don't receive the media attention they deserve. It's problematic, and you know why. We talk about it all the time. It's basically the point of this podcast, but representation matters. A lack of representation makes it near impossible for younger girls to see their future selves in someone who doesn't quote-unquote exist today. We need to tell these stories and share these stories, and the good thing is they're really good stories worth listening to. We all need hope and inspiration now more than ever. Learn lessons in grit and ambition from these elite athletes who also happen to be women. Listen to Flame Bears on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. But for now, let's go back to this podcast that you're already listening to with L. Duncan. One of the things I keep bumping into as an idea that keeps giving me frustration, this like overbearing frustration day after day after day, is this online conversation about cancel culture and all of that. I always bring this up. My listeners are probably rolling their eyes like, God, stop obsessing. (laughs) But there's something about like the idea that that's supposed to be about accountability and that sometimes on both sides it gets out of control in terms of like we don't actually care anymore about accountability and redemption. We care about like not dealing with the consequences of our actions at all. Correct. Like you got to have both. You got to be free to screw up. And then you also have to have the ability to look at yourself and be like, did I screw up? Yes. And you're like, I did. Let me figure out how to fix what I screwed up as best I can moving forward. 
if I can't fix what I did in the past. You can just be the person that doesn't make that mistake again. But we keep losing sight of that part. And so you must, do you get super bothered when you see uh, apologies um, from people that you're like, that's not what an apology is? Or does that also just roll off? You're like, I don't care. Can't be concerned with other people. I mean, I do think that like contrition is a really good start and like genuine contrition. Like I think that, I think that part of why I kept my job after I made my huge mistake um, was because, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like I've had someone remind me, you know, I, I was public about what Deshaun Jackson said and what he was posting and, and, um, and how xenophobic it was. And the same with Myers Leonard. And, you know, I had people hit me with like a, well, saying stuff like that still isn't as bad as like potentially killing someone and, well, it, you know, drinking and driving. Just for the, I think we know this, but for yes. the record, those are so unrelated that it couldn't possibly be worth arguing. It's a false equivalency completely. But the, the, the other idea is that I certainly believe in second chances because I was given one. But I do also believe that there has to be a period of true of true remorse. And sometimes these statements are just, listen, I wasn't about to go and say like, well, I mean, the bartender yeah, right. could have said, you know what I mean? I mean, the cop could have let me go. Like he could, the cop came to my defense. In fact, the cop in the case was the same cop that had arrested Reese Witherspoon like two weeks before for drinking um, and like being belligerent in Atlanta. So he's telling me this as he's arresting me. Um, and I, and I, and I didn't, you know, I didn't say anything, but I did tell him, you know, what I did for a living and that my career is probably over. And he really went to bat for me. And I do appreciate the police in that situation, um, officer land, because he went to bat for me. He said that he, he sort of had to arrest me based on, the fact that I blew a 0.09, but that he wanted to go to the judge and speak on my behalf. So I did appreciate the fact that he went to bat for me, but please believe like I am the one that made the mistake. And I learned a lot about myself and in general learned a lot. You, you, I, you will not, I'm not saying I'll never get in trouble again. I'm just saying it will never be for that because it was awful. So I think that you have to start from a place of saying, I recognize that this is wrong and there is no but. There is no, well, I didn't realize like the, the, I didn't understand the full gravity of what I said. I didn't know what that word, yes, stop. And if you actually believe that, then just don't say it. Say I begin and ended with was a moron and I'm going to work to do better and leave it there. Or even like, I didn't know what that word meant. And I feel like a real idiot for not knowing I what that word I can't believe that. Means. Correct. So I'm now going to familiarize myself with that word and right. other words like it and the history behind it and be sure that I'll never make a mistake like this again. I'm embarrassed. Yes. I just, I, I always feel like there's this honesty that's lacking that maybe I'm being naive, but I feel like if people could be more honest in sure. their apology, that they would be closer to doing the work to get themselves back to work. Doing the work is not fun. Just sitting and being like, am I bad? Is not a fun question to ask yourself. But there's a lot of people who are very comfortable asking it of other people or saying to other people, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. And those are usually the same people that are afraid to go, am I bad? Because once you do that, once the person you're judging is yourself, you learn to be less judgy on other people because you're like, but at the same time, there's a lot of people who don't judge themselves. And you're like, you have to do your end of the work. Like there's people who mess up 
and we're all like, you messed up. And they're like, stop picking on me. Yes. And you're like, well, we're not picking on you. Yes. We're asking you to say, oh boy, I messed up. And so that then you can learn. It's actually a generous thing to be like, hey, catch this now before it blows up in your face, which it <laughs> will in the future. I can't imagine. I just, it's the whole thing. The internet's a mess. And I'm, I agree I'm, with you. I agree with you, Katie, that like, I'm so glad you said that. I'm so with you on this. Like woke has been weaponized in a way that's really driving me nuts and the cancel culture and this sort of dog whistling with the word woke, like people taking a stand on behalf of humanity and equality is not make them part of the woke mob. And conversely, someone making a mistake and being held accountable does not mean that cancel culture is at its finest. And conversely, right, because it's layered, doing something, there are some things you cannot come back from, right? Like, you can't come back from some certain things. Nobody is, you're never coming back there and sharper from anything ever. Right. Um, but this idea is that some people still think he should be in the hall. It's, it's, it's insane. Like that's insane. There's nothing to argue here. Like there's no, there's nothing that you can do or say, you can't do the work. It's over mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, it drives me nuts that we sort of retreated to these corners where it's like, you're either pro accountability, which means cancel everybody or, you're on this side and you're against cancel culture, which basically means that you're calling all of us libtards and sensitive. And so it's just, it's yet again been politicized. How accountability has become politicized is insane to me when that's like one of the very first freaking things you learn as a kid. It's right? very frustrating because it's hard, it's hard to tell someone, it's hard to make someone be accountable. It's very hard to hold some, like you can approach them with sure. like, hey, I don't like that you did this, but especially on a zoomed out scale, like yeah. the internet, yeah. it's like if everybody kept coming up to you and saying, hey, I don't like this. Hey, I don't like this. Hey, I don't like this. Eventually you get to a point where you're like, you're all attacking me. And it's like, I understand where that comes sure. from, but it, it just, it's, I don't know. It's made it difficult for people to actually just be like, I'm not being attacked. I'm being called out and it's being repeated and it's echoing. But it's just one complaint. And yes. the part of that complaint, perhaps I should consider. And then yes. if it ends up being incorrect, once I've thoroughly considered it, then I can defend myself yes. because I know exactly how to, because I just looked at myself and I can explain why I did what appeared to be a problem and make you understand it. It's yes. like communication. It's yes. all communication. But people are so busy talking that they don't realize that half of communication is also listening. Correct. Exactly. People are doing so much talking, they don't understand that half of communication is listening. Yes. It's something that I just came up with. Yeah. It's very you smart. Never said it. said, I feel like I've heard it somewhere before. You know what I mean? That's the thing, Katie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, listen, it's, um, it's, I, I've always wondered with you, I'm not going to call him out, call his name out because mm, F that guy, to. but like, what is it like? Because here's what I don't have to deal with because you are such a big name. Um, and you kind of, you know, I, I always get like hashtag for the culture. I like to believe I'm like repping for Atlanta, but you are, you know, you're by the way, you do very hard on a national, very public platform. The amount of Atlanta that's gotten into sports center, uh, it has nothing to do with the sports. Correct. It clearly doesn't. But you you absolutely clearly. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like the girl, you're Katie Nolan. And what is it like to sort of be, no, but real, what is it like to sort of 
be minding your business and out of nowhere sort of have people pull you into conversations that you never asked to be a part of on such a big scale because it happens to you it happens to maria because you guys are are you know big stars at the network and i always wonder sort of when you lose sort some of that anonymity that i know that i truly still have what that's like i felt it once i got to espn i don't think i felt it as much at fox or maybe i just wasn't aware of it yet so i just felt like look at all these people talking about me instead of being like oh the, I, I wasn't related to this why am yeah. i being brought up now yeah. i'm like hey st stop talking about yeah. me so much but when i got to espn and uh somehow some way my salary leaked uh after one of the only conversations i've had with a talent at espn I don't want to name him because I don't, I don't think he would deny this, but I just, it doesn't benefit me to name him. Called me when I signed and was like, hey, people here aren't, aren't going to like you if they find out how much you make. And I was like, well, that's not, that's not true. That can't be true. I, it doesn't matter to me how much I make. My agent deals with all of that. Uh, and the only thing that mattered to me in this deal was that A, I got here and B, I didn't lowball it. I wasn't so obviously desperate to get here that I screwed it up for women behind me who were going right. to get less because I accepted a lower offer. So I told my agent, I was like, market. I'm like, would well, just help me bump the market up for women. Yeah. Other than that, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but so I, I was like, well, that can't be true. I'm just going to be me and you can't be mad at me about a thing that I clearly don't value. I still live in the same apartment um, with nothing hanging on the walls. I don't yeah. spend, I don't know what to do. So, uh, and, and then that happened and the amount of people that were talking about how much money I made combined with the timing that when the story broke, I was like going home to do something for my sister-in-law's uh, wedding shower. And I was a bridesmaid and I was supposed to collect money from the other women to help pay for the shower. And they all were like, we're not paying you. We saw the articles. And it was just like, oh, well, wow. that's, this is now like they were, most of them were probably joking, but it was also like, I feel uncomfortable being like, Hey, sure. you saw that story. Can I get that 50 bucks that you yeah. owe me? <laughs> like it just felt stupid. And I felt uncomfortable, sure. but watching that story every couple months get republished by some fake news. Literally. I'm not saying that in that other way, like a website that is an aggregate that just takes yeah. stories reported elsewhere and republishes them every few months with a new headline and a new picture of me. Seeing that happen every couple of months, I was like, what is this? Yeah. But that moment was almost comforting because I was like, oh, this has nothing to do with me. This has nothing to do with me and everything to do with the fact that there is an economy for that anger. There is money to be made off of how mad it makes some people that a woman that looks like this makes this much money and she couldn't possibly have worked for it or be talented. She took a, a different route than you could say would be traditional, right? Like I worked on YouTube. I worked for myself for two years. So people look at that and they're like, well, you weren't working. You're making YouTube videos. And I'm like, I learned how to edit. I learned how to use a green screen. I had to teach myself all of that. And I didn't have to, I could have just made other videos, but I wanted to learn stuff and get better at it. So it's different experience. Absolutely. But it's still experience. And it took me a while to stand up for that for myself, where I was like, I didn't happen overnight. My brother yep. stood up for me in an interview once. He said, people call her an overnight success and that really bothers me because I haven't seen my sister in two years because she works obsessively over her YouTube videos. And when he said that, I was like, he's right. I should stand up for myself in that way. And so now 
I just recognize that like when I get pulled into these things, it's because people think of me as this novelty, but I don't have to think of myself that way because I know myself better than I want to know myself. Sure. I know so much about myself, especially after a year of spending time with a dog, my boyfriend and myself. I know so much about me that I'm like, it's, it doesn't hurt me as much as it used to. Now, what gets frustrating is when a big name that people tend to listen to on the internet for God knows why does it themselves, it just feels like you just feel helpless. Right. Because you know right away the six ways in which you can defend yourself. And you also know that defending yourself or defending, in this case, it was Maria, defending anybody is what makes them turn their sights on you. Yeah. And I just didn't want to drag something out that I knew would go away soon because it would get boring because I wasn't engaging with it. So like, that's why I made my Twitter private that couple days because it was just like, look, you don't like me. Awesome. You are entitled to that opinion, but you are not entitled to see what I make because you don't like me. So you don't yeah. want to see it. So you don't want to see my thoughts. You don't want to see my jokes. You think I'm not funny. You think I'm just pretty. So I'll leave my Instagram open. You can look at pictures of me. The reason I quote unquote got my job, but I'm going to lock my Twitter because I want to keep being funny. That's how I make myself feel better. And yeah. every time I make a joke, you guys are going to jump in my comments about how I'm just hot. It's going to bum me out so yes. much. And you don't get to have that control over yes. my life. Yep. So locking my Twitter. And then yes. they write the article, Katie Nolan locks her Twitter. She's scared of us. And I was just like, you don't even know what it means to lock your Twitter. I can still see everything you're saying. Yes. You can't see what yes. I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. I Well, I, I knew that engaging with that person would set his sights on me. And I didn't care because I just, you know, I get really protective and sort of territorial about my girls, um, especially because I know on a very small scale, like what it's like for people to just try for no other reason than I guess they're miserable to make you feel bad about how hard you've worked. And like, I definitely struggle with a little bit of imposter syndrome. And some of that is because same as you, I can't, I know how hard I worked. I left school at 20. I've been working on this goal I landed at ESPN five years ago when I was 32 years old. I've been, I worked for 12 years straight trying to get to ESPN, but on my resume, it showed that three years before I was at ESPN, I was doing traffic in Atlanta. And I'm like, hell yeah. And respect that, respect that three years ago, I was doing traffic in Atlanta and now I'm sitting on a desk next to you doing sports center. Like respect that, like, obviously I did something right to earn that position as opposed to looking at it as as well, sports center has obviously been devalued somehow because you're on it. And it feels that way with what, you know, with what we, and it just, it got to a point where it was like, I'll always have imposter syndrome because to me, it's sort of what keeps me motivated and focused. Sure. I do sort of, right. I sort of like that totally. chip on my shoulder. No one sees me coming. I've always come in second place. Like always, it, you know, I'm not one of those people that's like, I've always been a loser. I've always come in second. And there's something to be said about being yeah, right it's there a different every psychological. Time, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. About being right there every time and never being first, but being in the conversation, but never the one. And so I just, I embrace that and said, like, I don't, I don't care if you think that I don't belong here. Um, but in that particular situation, I was tired of it. I'm tired of people dragging you into 
I'm going to tell you something that you already know, but something that an athlete once told me that made a lot of sense. He was like, the public gets pissed off because they see us get these contracts and they say, what are you going to do for it? And what I would say to you is what he said to me, which is that, no, 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 boo boo. We already earned that contract. Yeah, like yeah. that money is yeah. based on what I already did. Yeah. That's based on services already rendered, okay? It's what are they have, going to do? What are they going it? to do? What Correct. are they spending their money on? What did they want me to be here so badly for so that I can do? They Correct. want to do something for them. What is that thing? That's what made me so mad when people would be like, you make this much money and you're not doing anything. I'm like, you think that makes you mad? <laughs> mad. I, I want to do stuff. Right. I'm dying to do stuff. We're I don't like not doing stuff is the source of most of my depression. When I can't do something creatively, when it's not supported or when I feel like no one understands what I'm trying to accomplish, then I start to think that what I'm trying to accomplish is stupid and doing anything is dumb and sure. I should stay in bed forever. That's a terrible place for me to be. Being yeah. paid and not working is a thousand percent a privilege. It, it messes with you psychologically in a lot of ways. It is obviously better than not being paid and not working. And it's the opposite side of the spectrum of not being paid and working, yeah. but it is its own weird hell. Sure. When you are a person who has defined their life by work, it's a shock to your system where you're like, so then what do I do now? And yeah. it's very hard uh, to get past all that. But look, uh, I will also say, I do invite things. In, I do, I speak up for things that matter to me. The Maria thing bothered me. It yeah. bothers me to see someone say something negative about Maria Taylor because I watch her do her job and she's incredible at it. Yeah, in she ways is. that I'm like, oh, I don't think people might even recognize yet that she's very good at. Because when you think about it, people who do what we do for a living, we are like, we're not like athletes. This is a metaphor. The way athletes watch tape, we, yeah. we watch each other. We watch yes. ourselves. You become yes. familiar with the things that you're like, oh, I see what she's trying to do here. Or, oh, I see what's going on. I see the things that are happening that maybe a person that just is watching it doesn't. And that's not saying I know better than anyone else, but this is my industry now. So I look at Maria Taylor and I'm like, oh yeah, I see it. She's doing it. And then I see people Star. who don't see it because they're, because of something they're lacking. And I see them project that onto her. And I'm like, you're not, we're not doing this today. No. So no. I said something and that's why they came for me, which yep. you have to know is going to happen. But I also probably quick did the math in my head and was like, worth it. Yeah. Maria is feeling the way that I'm going to feel in a week and someone's going to stand up for me and it's going to yeah. make me feel better. That day, Bomani called me, Michael Smith called me, Annie Apple called me, and I had these conversations where they were like, you don't have to worry about this at all. Let me remind you who you are and let yeah. me say, I'm not calling you because I'm worried about you because I know you're going to handle this just fine. I'm just calling in case you needed a reminder of who the f you are. Yeah. And I was like, Thank you. Yeah. It changed my outlook on it completely because yeah. a couple of years ago, knowing that those people would care to reach out to me to tell me who I am, it would be a dream. It would be a dream. A lot of people would dream to hear from those people in one day. And yeah. I did. And it was to lift me up. And I was yeah. like, man, all right, I got to get back to work then. And that's what, but that's what it's about though, is like, I try to, I got into a... <laughs> 
Oh boy. I love it. That's this is petty L. You're now something petty maybe about to unfold. What I learned about Twitter is you should just let your people do like the work. Oh yeah. You, right. When the first time that yeah. happens is like you're it like, hey, feels hey, great, hey, right? Come look at this. Come look at what's happening. Yeah. They're all fighting, but they're defending. If, yeah, it feels first great. Someone defends you on the internet properly, like not for the wrong thing. Yeah, not in a gross like. That's my baby best, mama. Yeah, and I'm like, hot. Yeah, don't say that to her. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But when they do it the right way, it's the best. When they bring so, their own receipts. Oh yeah. Cool. So so okay. So let me give you the best example of this. So for some re- random reason. I found myself having a beef with Usher Raymond's ex-wife, oh Tamika. Right. Usher. I did, and I bet for some reason, I bet you know the reason, but it's okay. I do know the reason. <laughs> and it was sort of, it was so it was sort of petty. It was. I was joking around on my radio show. I was saying that, you know, which Usher, was, just which Usher, um, which era was this of Usher? Where were we in the is, timeline? This is this is like post confessions. This is after he got married and had two kids, okay. and he okay. was getting a he was divorced, and she kept using his name. She was still using Tamika Raymond, and that's fine. You know, I was like twenty seven, and I was petty, and all those things, and so it but it bothered me for for no reason, and so I teased on my show one day. I was like. My name is L Raymond, and my co-host was like, "What?" And I was like, "Well, I'm not married to him I'm either, just as but apparently she is." Yeah. I was like, "But I can yeah. still use the name." And we laughed. Did they have kids? They had kids. They had two kids. Yeah, yeah. Post divorce. Which yeah. now you could probably. I totally me. get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you yes, were, yeah, yeah. I get it. It just was one of those like offhanded throwaway like, petty jokes. Yeah. She unloaded the clip on me on Twitter. Like, she's like, I'm gonna F you up, like, on site. Da, da, da. She's talking about my shoes. She's talking about my body. She said I look like SpongeBob SquarePants. What? Yes. Like, oh, she's going in, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me not, let me not engage, right? Like, let me not engage. And so after she's doing this for like a couple days. Oh, man, so finally, oh, yeah. So the internet's, so the Twitter's going crazy because she's just coming at me, coming at mm. me. And so I finally tweet, like, I think that someone hacked into Tamika Raymond's Twitter because for someone who mentors young girls, I can't imagine she would ever speak this way publicly about another woman. Crickets. No. Then she comes back and starts again. And this is, this is very mean, but you have to know the backstory. Oh boy. Maybe a year earlier. I don't know if you remember this, but she tried to get plastic surgery done in Mexico. Man, and I it did not kept up with Usher's yeah. life and life. Yeah. And yeah. Related well, lives. Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta. Yes. Hip-hop radio. Yes. Yes. Well, she and obviously hip hop radio. You guys all that you had to know all this. Duh. She went to Mexico to have some plastic surgery and allegedly, allegedly it didn't go right. Mm. So as she's insulting my body, someone tweeted back at her, how dare you come after Elle's body when you went to Mexico and almost died trying to fix yours. And then that was the end of the conversation and she never tweeted at me again. I hope, and I hope that it's because she stopped and went, She's right. Oh, yeah. I'm so mad at this person because I got to work on something in myself. Correct. Like but to spend d- days attacking you. Just to be that angry. Well, yeah. I saw her because she said on site. And Katie, you know, on site means next time I see you, we're going to fight. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what on site means. Wait, but can we pause and I can ask you one question? When, mm-hmm. I, it, when someone says keep that same energy when you see me, does yeah. that always mean that, they're, that it's a fight? 
No, it means that they're going to confront you, but it doesn't it's mean whatever a energy means- you're bringing right now. Okay, because yes. that's what I said to said person that we didn't name. Yeah, and everybody was like, you, everyone knows what that means. She's saying she's gonna fight him. I'm like, guys, <laughs> I'm not gonna fight him. I'm saying that the first no. time I met him, he told me that he thought I was great, and yeah. I'd love the next time I see him for him not to fake it. Yeah, absolutely. Just be keep be keep yes. Talking okay. Talk. Thank you yeah. so much for clearing exactly. that up. Back to your yeah, story. Yeah, that's so what she that said means. on site and then on site. I saw her. I'm alone. She's with her girlfriends. I'm thinking, here we go. I'm getting earrings pulled off. She said <laughs> on site. Like, that means she wants to fight. She acted like she did not see me. She walked right out of the room. She ordered like a drink. This was at Phillips Arena. She ordered a drink and did her thing and never said another word to me. So anyway, long story short, well. I learned the power of just letting your Twitter people just sort of Take the reins and do their thing. Uh, yeah. Because engaging in that just doesn't really make any sense. To, to, to your point, I was the one that engaged, oh boy, because I, I read your tweets that you were not going to. And he tried to unload the clip on me. But again, I just- That happened? I stayed off the internet. I, did, I didn't. It, did. the, it oh, happened. thank you. You didn't have to do that. I love you. I, but listen, but you, but, but listen, you drew his ire because you defended Maria. And I knew I was going to draw his ire by de defending you, but it doesn't matter because guys like that, whether I had people tweeting or texting me, like, you know how he is. He's an opportunist. You're just giving this more life. Mm. Some people just need to be told to shut the f And he's one of those guys that needs to be told that. But, so. it's, but, I, but he has, and I just think maybe he's very specifically deaf to that. <laughs> he seems to be unable to hear any of that but he hears everything else yeah fair I, you know yeah. i will i wish him well yeah like true well i yeah i hope one day i see him and he's like i was spinning and i'm sorry and if he does i'll be like you want to talk about it because it hurt and sucked <laughs> uh, but we can talk about it but it's when it's you're it's exactly that it's when you see them in real life and they're like I know you and you're like you're great yeah. not because we like each other yeah, uh, and like big fan I don't know just reading these little there were little things in there that I'm like oh I know what story he's referencing but he's took his takeaway from the story was the wrong mm -hmm. was not the point of the story that sure. someone was telling him and it's like I have so many stories about him that I've heard or that happened to me directly when I was at Fox that I'm just like, I'll text those to my friends. Sure. But I'm not putting that out on the internet. Right. I'm not right. Well, you that. have friends, Katie, so that's a start. But like, God forbid uh, what I say ends up not being true, then I look like a liar and I'm not trying right. to lie. Right. I know the things you've done to me, but I also know that it would be harmful to tease him for those things. It's just like any modicum of thought into you know, yes, you could say that we're all rodeo clowns, that our jobs are to entertain. And so all we technically have to do is a little bit of this yeah. to get people's attention. But like once people, I've I just started to get very frustrated with people who it seems like their only goal is to have everyone look at them. Yeah. Because my goal is for people to see me. Yeah. I don't want that many people looking at me, sure. but I want the ones who do to see me when they look at me. I don't want them to look at me and see somebody different. The value of their eyes is zero. The value of their brains is, is everything. That's what I want. I want to be able to connect with people and you're not going to connect with everybody. Sure. I used to really want everybody to like me. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, I want the people who like me to know me yep. and to feel like they can call me out when I mess up 
and that I'll be like, oh yeah, no, you're right. Or that they can carry into the things I do context because your fans are your context. And if your fans are like a a certain type of way, that's not always necessarily your fault. But if you notice that it's too many of them that are one type of way, you should probably consider that something about the way you make stuff makes your fans, the people that gravitate towards you, this type of way. That's a great point. I just, I once I started seeing fans as like a mirror of like, well, what kind of people do you want to attract? What kind of community do you want built in your name? It's like, oh, well, I want one that is, it's not perfect. It makes mistakes, but it also is like, okay, hold me accountable. And then let me learn that lesson and we'll all move on together and get back to making jokes because like, that's how growth happens. Otherwise you're just like, once you become indebted to like, I have to be this certain type of way or like this will get the most eyeballs. It's like, well, that's why. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. And then you're motivated by the wrong things anyway, you know. But I also know that like I, the, my privilege is that I'm not, I don't have to be motivated by money right now at this point in my life. A lot of people do. Sure. And the people who have the money make it very difficult to um, be what you're, be something that you're going to get unless you singularly focus on getting it. So sure. I understand securing the bag. I totally get it. But I know a lot of people use the excuse of being focused on money when it's like, you don't need to be focused on money. You're not, you don't have to hustle when right. you're rich. You can keep hustling, but then it becomes a little bit less. You hustle so that you can live, not so that you can keep hustling. Exactly. And when your identity is sort of wrapped up too much in what you do, um, then you, it's sort of a by any means approach. And I'm not, that's why whenever I hear people say things like have no plan B, it's plan A, like balls to the wall otherwise. And I don't agree with that because I think that if you put yourself in a corner like that, then you are willing to do anything and to stoop to any depth to do it. And that is not, if this all doesn't work out for me, then that's fine. I mean, I'll go wait tables. I will go bartend and I will have a good time doing it because life, my life is amazing. There is so much more to me than just working at ESPN. And I'm not going to have such a singular focus that I'm willing to compromise who I am as a person, my integrity, period. As you're saying that, I'm like, man, I really wanted to talk to you about being a mom, but it's also four o'clock. And I know that once we get into this, we're going to get into this. Yeah. So maybe we hold on to it and we do this again sometime soon. Yeah. And talk about you being a mom because you're a mom and you are recently a new mom again. Yes. Yeah. And that I imagine you've learned so much from that and it, it's valuable. And I want to hear all about it. Yeah. Like, don't want to take up your whole day because one of us still kind of works regularly. So you have other stuff to do. I do have a sports center to write. Oh God. Well, yeah. L, um, thank you so much Katie, for taking this was the a time really good talk. Schedule. Yeah. It, it's yeah. just so good to see you. And I'm so glad to know you. I've thought that many times throughout our relationship and maybe I haven't always expressed that. And I just want you to know that every interaction I've had with you, I walk away from and I'm like, I had a good talk with Elle today. You're a very good friend, and I think that you're doing an amazing job. Thank and I'm you. I'm proud to call you my friend. And thank, thank you, you for Katie. doing my podcast, which feels I love so you. Stupid. Thank you so much for being so flexible, and and uh, you're the best. And, and likewise, you have such a good heart. Your heart is, your spirit is. I recognize spirits very well, and you Ooh. have an incredible spirits. I do. I'm oh, a spirit reader, and you've you. got a great spirit. Spirit to so the people that are listening, Katie is 
Katie's legit. She's no, and that's the whole point for. of the interview. They already know. I was like, I'm yeah. going to interview the people that I want you to know it. are I legit. So that's, it. you know, she's already yeah. got my stamp of yeah. approval. <laughs> L Duncan. Love you, Katie. Love you. All right. Hi, it's just me again. Uh, Elle is gone. What an interview. So grateful to her for being here. Before I let you go, I have to tell you one last thing, which is that today's podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. I can't tell if these ad reads are starting to seem more like where our podcast lives because our audience is so you know, good at, at knowing what they want and what they like, or if it's, if I'm just falling for it because I'm lonely and I've been in my house for a year, but you know who I bet could help me answer this question? A therapist on BetterHelp. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. That's an issue with a lot of therapy is that it's tough to find somebody who specializes in exactly what you're looking for in your area that's also affordable. BetterHelp is trying to fix that. Um, The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions just like you would with a therapy session normally. Uh, BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. And I cannot tell you how important that is in the process if you're new to therapy or even if you've done it before but you do need a new therapist. It's important to feel comfortable to decide if somebody is or isn't for you because the alternative that a lot of people do is they decide therapy's not for them and I feel very strongly in my heart that that's not the case. I think that having somebody to talk to about the things that you're struggling with in your life, whatever those are, uh, is is always helpful. It's just a matter of finding the right person. So BetterHelp makes it easy for you to change your counselor. There's no weirdness I know for me, like with hairdressers, this has become a problem because I've been to every salon in Hoboken now and I don't want to have to go back into the same one and see the person who helped me cut my hair and be like, not you, you. And in BetterHelp, with BetterHelp, you don't have to do that <laughs> because it's online. Uh, it's also more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available if you need it. So visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. You could join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Our listeners get 10% off the first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com Nolan. That's betterhelp.com slash Nolan. And if you do use it and you have an experience with it, feel free to share that with us either on a voicemail. We won't play it. Um, or like on the on the Reddit, talk about it. See if it's helped you or if it hasn't helped you. Share your thoughts uh, with the other people who listen to this podcast because we love them. I say we a lot and I, I should just start saying I, huh? Because it's really... Today, it's just me. So uh, anyway, that's it for this week's edition of sports. The second edition, of course. Uh, shout out to Simply Safe, Flame Bearers, and BetterHelp. And shout out to, <coughs> excuse me, the Mina Kime Show featuring Lenny. Do I really need to give you guys a reason? Okay, if I do, she's awesome. Lenny's awesome. The two of them together are awesome. They're best friends. They know sports. I don't want to say that Lenny doesn't know sports. I think that he does. I think his understanding of it is a lot different than ours, which actually makes for a great listen because I feel like I see a perspective that I never see, which is a dog's perspective of football. Why would I have seen that? 
I don't know. But Lenny being on this podcast allows me to see that. Anyway, go listen to it wherever you get your podcast. Big thanks to you guys for listening uh, and just for being such a great audience. I feel like I do this. I get emotional with you every couple weeks. But you guys are doing great. And uh, there's been a lot of tough days personally for me recently. And, you know, knowing that you guys are out there and that you enjoy these interviews and also the stuff that we do on Tuesdays is, uh, is very motivating to me. Uh, I don't think you're supposed to admit that when you make podcasts. I think I'm only just supposed to talk about the wrong things you guys are doing or how mean you're being to me, but you're not. Um, and I really appreciate you guys have helped me grow a lot in this job. And this is like an invaluable time of my life because of you. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, and now because I said such nice things, let's go with three. How about you listen to this one three times? And you know, if you can't listen to something three times, you know that that also means you just push play and then go do something else. Like, you, I don't actually think you need to hear this three times, but I do know you'll pick something up differently each time you listen to it. That always happens to me with other podcasts. Um, or you could share it with somebody. Send it to a friend that you're like, hey, they talk about this thing and I know that's interesting to you. Or, hey, this was really interesting and I learned a lot more about that lady we see on SportsCenter. Um, just send it around. That also counts. That'll t take some of your listens away. I know I haven't mentioned this in a while, but I do have to remind you, this is a legal obligation. I don't like to bring that up. I don't like to tell you you can get in trouble if you don't do it. So that's why I try not to. But every now and then you guys need a reminder. So... Just letting you know. Or you could always leave us a nice review wherever you're listening to this podcast, which we used to read, and then we kind of stopped reading them because they hurt a little bit. And then now we do read them. Mostly just Travis reads them, and then he puts them in the doc, like this one from J.K. Reasoner that says, You all know this is a deeply heartwarming and funny podcast that's sort of about sports, but is mostly about people who love sports. You know what else sounds like this? Ted freaking Lasso. Jeez Louise. Just give yourself over for a breezy five hours and you'll understand the Lasso Hive welcomes all. So that's that's not really a review of this podcast. I mean, it is. It had me in the first half, not going to lie. But then it was an attack. And personal attacks are not something this podcast represents. Um, and I don't think Ted freaking Lasso represents it either. Uh, but I wouldn't know because I haven't watched it. And I'm, I'm now I'm not going to. I was probably coming around on it. Okay, JK Reasoner. But now my reasoning is that I, it's, I can't because you just told me to again. Once I can go a week without somebody telling me to watch this show, I will consider watching it. I know I'm going to like it. I'm worried that I'm not. It's anxiety. It's anxiety related. I'm going to get there. And lastly, don't forget, you can always leave up a voicemail at 860-506-5571. Please do that. You guys have been really good about it. You leave a lot of good voicemails, but boy, do I like listening to them. So definitely do that. Um, this is where I usually say, say goodbye to the people that are here with me, but I'm alone. And so I'll just say this. Bye. Love you. And I mean it.